Good morning, good morning, Rabbi Breakfast today is dedicated for the Refuah Shalema of Shimon Ben Gilson, sponsored by Daniel Alawan. Breakfast is also dedicated in loving memory of Masuda Amos, Aleha Shalom Lilun Nishmat Masuda Bat Asiba, Rabbi Hanania El Malem, Aleha Shalom, sponsored by his son, Gabriel Amos. Breakfast is also dedicated for the Refuah Shalema of Ruchama Edel, Bat Fredel Brindel, sponsored anonymously, and as well of Moravi Yitzhak, Ben Sarah Doret. Okay, the pasuk tells us Vayomer Yaakov el Paro. Paro says to Par- Yaakov says to Paro, Meat veraim ayu hayai. And, you know they always joke about this is you know the, the stereotypical answer of a of a Jewish person. You know all he asked you was how old are you, and he launches into like a soliloquy. It's literally uh, it's literally a, a Shakespearean soliloquy. You know. The years of my life, ma'at vira'im, are few and, and bad, and he goes on and on. 33 words. The Midrash says, it's brought down in the Dadzikinim Baleatosavod. The Midrash says that Yaakov's father, Yitzchak, lived to be 180 years old. Each word that came out of Yaakov's mouth, Sam, you hear this? Subtracted a year from his life. Wow. So, how many words count them? There's 33. Every word he says to Paro as a complaint, he uses, loses a year. 33 years, this little speech cost him. Could you believe that, Rabotai? Could you believe that? 33 years, he loses of his life. I'm 41. That's like most of my life. Could you imagine? Wiped off the table because of one little conversation. <clears throat> now, of course, I'm not Yaakov Avinu, so that would never happen. HaKadosh Baruch would never judge me on that level. But for Yaakov Avinu, the, the Midrash says, listen to this, I'm going to quote you the, the words. I saved you from Esav. I brought you back your Dina. I brought you back your Yosef. And you're complaining about your life. That they are few and that they are evil. So also will be cut from or will be missing from the years of your life. Rabotai, complaining comes very natural to Jews. But it's a very expensive business. I remember my father, I always say this, just because it just brought me such joy when I saw it. My father wrote a, made a bulletin for the synagogue. And then at the bottom, right at the bottom of the front page, he put one word. And it was spelled incorrectly. And then you turn the page and it says, we know that we spelled the word incorrectly. But some people love to complain. And the bulletin was so good we knew that they would be annoyed if they found nothing. Isn't that magnificent? That not magnificent. So you misspell, oh, Rabbi! Yeah? Hey, I got it. I found it. I found your mistake. Some people are amazing. I always say that you find the joy on people's faces when the Chazan or the Baal Koreh makes a mistake. You know? My father showed there's almost a joke in, in when, I, when I was growing up. And especially even more, more, more recently, God, God bless the person that says Vayiru. Vayiru. It's amazing. It's like a chorus of people. But it's not that they're correcting because they want to correct them. You know, for many of them, you see the big smile on their face. They're so happy. 
they're happier that a mistake was made, that they get to correct. Okay? So Rabotai, complaining is a very dangerous game. Um, especially when the one a person is complaining about is not just uh, the dry cleaners, but you're complaining about the life that you have. Hashem says, you don't like it? Okay, no problem, I'll take it back. Now, I, I need to share with you the reason why this is such a terrible thing. From the beginning of time, there's one midah, one character trait, which is singled out as perhaps the worst character trait of all. Adam Arishon has one mitzvah in this world. You know when they say you had one job, right? You had one job. What was his job? Don't eat from the etzadat. He didn't have ten commandments on his luchot. One. Don't eat from this tree. You could have whatever you want. You could do whatever else you want. Just don't eat from this tree. He eats from the tree. What happens? He brings death to the world. The Gemara says that the reason why Adam Arishon was punished so harshly, thrown out of Gan Eden, was because he was kafui tova. God asks Adam, what'd you do? And Adam says, Ha'isha ashenatata imadi, the woman that you put with me, she convinced me and I ate. God says, I gave you a partner. You were lonely in this world. I created a partner for you that was Ezra Kinegdo. And you're complaining that I gave you your shiduch, I brought you your wife, the mother of your children, the mother of all living things. Kafui tovah, Kadosh Baruch has no space, it says, in his space for someone who's kafui tovah. What happens when you're pushed away from God? Because God can't have someone who is ungrateful in his mechitzah, in his area. The minute you are pushed away from God, you're pushed away from all the source of all blessing. And all of a sudden, everything stops. Rabbi Uttai, we have to be so careful in the way that we speak, to speak in words of gratitude. When someone asks you how your day is, you know, sometimes you, know, you say, oh, I had the worst day. The worst day? I could think of worse days. I kept making phone calls. You had fingers to make the phone call? Calm down. You, know, you, have, you own a phone? Calm down. Right? You're ahead of the game. You're ahead of the game. Calm down. Rabotai, I want to share with you an unbelievable, unbelievable story from someone who specifically perhaps uh, understood this idea. There was a, a wealthy man living here in Eretz Israel, in America, excuse me, and people would come from Eretz Israel, from all different places around the world, to come to ask him for his generous help for the Siddhaqot and the things that they had. Had that, this guy, he used to have, he used to sit and work in his, in his home office, beautiful office. But the office was on the second floor of his house. There were certain hours that he would see people, the little sign on the door. I don't know if you've ever seen this. Mika Amcha Yisrael. That you put a sign on your door to tell poor people when to come find you. I remember once a poor guy said to me, I went to the guy's house, the sign on his door, when you can come, when you can't come. I was like, you're complaining about that? You're complaining about the fact that a guy is putting a sign to tell you when he's available for you? Right? Well, you want him to be available home all day long? Habub, if he was home all day long for you, he would have no money to give you. The only reason why is because, the only reason why he has money to give you in the hour he'll see you is because he makes sure that he only sees you for an hour. Anyway, complain. We love to do it. The guy comes to the door, you know, he sees the door, he walks in. Every day, more people, but each time now, the people going through the house, they see his wife, his kid, the thing, the chadame. The, what do they say? <coughs> Where's the guy? Where do I go? Eventually they had enough. What do they do? As soon as you walk in, right opposite you on the wall of the house sign, it says, 
Baal Habayit. Right? Baal the owner of the house. This way. Arrow. Again, Mika Amcha Yisrael. That you're putting signs in your home. You know, you've th- no interior decorator ever thought of, uh, you know, okay, where am I putting this sign with the arrow, you know? Okay? Then it goes this way. Then you get to the big stairwell on the thing, arrow pointing up, owner of the house, owner. Heck, like this. Right? You get to the top of the stairs, down the red, you know, red carpet, all thing, and on the door of the, the office, it says, owner. owner. That way there's no mistakes. They don't have to answer any questions. She doesn't find anyone in her bathroom, you know, or in the, what's it called, in the, in the laundry room. You know, chalas, easy, done, fine. And the system is working every day. In that hour, the door is left ajar. They walk in, they see the sign, self-explanatory. You know, you guys, it, they say, you know what they call it? Idiot-proof, right? Baba, vayit, owner, this way. Okay. Every day they go, they go, one day, this guy comes in, an old guy from Eretz Israel, beard, you know, a guy who's had a rough life. Guy walks in, sees the sign, walks up the stairs, comes to the thing, knocks on the door, the, he opens it, he's come in, he opens the door to the, to the man, the rich man's study. He walks in and he sits down and he says to the rich man, he goes, what chutzpah you have? What brazen chutzpah do you have? He says, do, what are you talking? Excuse me, what are you talking? He says, you call yourself the Baalabayit? The one in charge, the owner of the house. Only one person in this world is the Baalabayit, and that is God. Only God's the owner. You think you know what you're doing? You think, you think in two seconds God can't take it away from you and put someone else in this chair? What, you think you're that much better than everybody else? That you made all the right moves and you don't think it was God that gave it to you? Baalabayit, chutzpah. In his life, he never had someone come to his office, you know, eviscerate him, you know, like this. So he's just sitting there, his mouth is hanging open. His first thought is to tell the guy, you know what they say, to take a long walk on a short short bridge. (laughs) You know, like, I'll see you around. You know, I'll see you around, old expression, right? And then he sits there, he thinks, you know what, it's so weird, this situation. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. Something happens to you that is so strange that you say to yourself, this cannot be but from God. Like, it must be that this message is supposed to reach me. It must be that it's not coming from this guy. It's because it's so weird. It can't be. You know when something is too strange? A business opportunity that is too strange. Can I give you an example of too strange? Just yesterday, I got a message from someone, a, a brother of someone that I know very well from London. This is just remarkable. He says to me, I just want you to know, I watched your clip of the speech you made in MetLife. I spoke about a man, Mendy Rosenberg, who has ALS. I spoke about this guy and how he's able to study Torah every day. And I quoted the pasuk. He says, and you quoted the pasuk, or he said the pasuk, but it's a, it's a ma'amar chazal, you know, I think the, it's of later origin. And he says, I said, Yeshua Tashem Keref Ayin, the salvation of God comes in the blink of an eye, he says. He says, I watched it, he says, it was very beautiful, it was very emotional. He says, but I'm sitting there at Berachot, and as I'm, uh, what's it called, I'm studying, and again, it's just unbelievable, I, I, I want to, I'm going to read this to you, just so you, you know, it's a, just so you know the authenticity of this, all right? 
Hey, Rabbi Fari, not sure you know who I am. I'm Bababa's brother. 20 minutes ago, I just started learning the first daf of Berachot. I'm hoping to learn daf Yomi. Anyway, I was just getting to the end of the daf, and then your video at the Siyum Mashas popped up. I watched it, it's amazing. In it, you quoted a pasuk, as I said, Yeshua Shega. I didn't know the phrase Heref Ain, but you translated it and all was well. Anyway, literally the next thing I did was, I went back to the daf, found my place, and immediately looked over at the Rashi. And in it, he uses the phrase, Ben Hashem Ashot, right? Keheref Ain. Ben Hashem Ashot, dear Rabbi Yossi, Keheref Ain, the phrase at the Kochavin, which I would not have understood had I not stopped in that exact place in the daf and watched that video. Anyway, mind blown. Is that unbelievable? Do you understand? This is the level to which God intervenes in our life to make sure that everything that needs to happen happens. So how did this guy, I don't know if he was, uh, saw the head of Ayin video, but he sees this man in front of him. He says, you know what? It can't be the guy's just, he says to him, I'm going to get over my, 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 you know, he says, he thinks about it. He says, you know what? Actually, you're right. I'm not the Baalabait. Only Hashem is the Baalabait. He says, you're right. I, I accept the criticism, the Tochacha. I'm going to have the signs changed. Now the guy says, thank you so much. He goes, I appreciate that you listened to me. Now, would you mind helping me out? My kolel, my yeshiva, my family, my this, my that, you know. Anyway, he asked him for the money. The, the wealthy man sits down, you know, takes, takes out a check. He writes him out a check for 10 times the amount that he wrote for everybody else. Because the chutzpah that it takes. To go to a guy who you're going to ask for money in two seconds. And to tell him off because you think he's doing something wrong, he says, listen, he says, your tochacha, your rebuke was very valuable to me to put me in my place to remember my role, you know, God's intervention in my life. I appreciate it. And he says, and that's worth the money. He says, I promise you, I'm going to have the sign change. Okay. He has the sign change. It says, minahel. Minahel means manager. He's not the bala, right? He's the manager. God gives him the money. You, you know, he sends it this way, sends it that. He's the manager. He changes all the signs, all of them. From the stairs, the door, the upstairs, the hallway, the, the, the door of his thing. Minayel. A little while later, Rabotai, there's a guy is watching the TVs, the CCTV, you know, the, the closed circuit cameras, and he notices in one of the rooms that there's a massive water leak. And he realizes, he catches it very early, that if they don't shut off the, the water very quickly, all the things in the room, all the expensive furniture is going to be ruined in a second. So he calls on the intercom one of the, one of the ladies cleaning the house, and he says, whatever her name was, I don't know what her name is, uh, Sarah, please turn off the water because everything is going to get ruined if not. And again, she's, she's busy with the things. She says, yes, sir, sure. He says, please do it now. Oh, sure, sir, yeah, sure. She's not doing it. And anyway, by the, by the time he gets someone else to come in, to come and do it, much of the expensive furniture, the rugs, the couches, it's all ruined. Can't believe it. Directly, he's telling her three, four, five times. He says, please come to my office. She comes to the office. He writes around a, what's it called, a pink slip. He says, thank you very much. You know, you, you cost me tens of thousands of dollars. And I ask you something just simple to do, and you, you're ignoring me, doing, getting, carrying on whatever you're doing. I, and we, know, we no longer need your services. She fires her. She goes home, this uh, non-Jewish cleaning lady. 
comes back to her husband. She says, I just lost my job. This Jewish guy just lost my, fired me. She says, he said he fired you? What do you mean? Da, 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 da. I'm going to go show him a lesson. Hada takes his gun, puts it in his pocket, goes to the door. He comes to the door of the house. The door's open. He looks, he sees the sign, Menahel. He goes, he goes down the hall, up the stairs, walking down the, the hallway. And he barges into the room. What's it called? Where the Menahel sits, the manager sits. He says, manager? The guy says, yes. He says, where's the owner of the house? Oh. <laughs> the Menahel the says, you know, smiles. He thinks it's another Mishulach. He learned his lesson. So he smiles like this. And he says like this. Had that, don't know about God. He runs up the stairs. He thinks he's on the top floor. But he sees him running out the hall and up the stairs. Immediately he realizes what's going on. He locks his office door. He tells everyone in the house, he calls them to get to lock themselves downstairs in the kitchen and living room. They call security, they apprehend the guy, they find him with the gun, who'd come to kill the owner of the house for firing his wife. The guy's sitting there in his chair thinking, she biflage. Imagine this poor guy walks in. I tell him, chutzpah. You don't want it, you want to come, you don't come to my house. Speak to me like that. Get out of my house. Ridiculous. Of course I know Ba'alabah, not the Ba'alabah. Because we could have answered it. Instead, he chose to see it coming from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Not a bad occurrence in his day, but something odd enough that it, there must be a reason for it. Out of character enough. If a person sees something that shouldn't be happening, he's a good person, he doesn't know why he's suffering, why he's getting challenged. Ask yourself, what else could be uh, going on over here? And that response, unbelievably, saved his life, Rabotai. 33 words from Yaakov, 33 years of his life. So, the mission for this week, should you choose to accept it, is the decision, instead of speaking negative words, to speak positive words. Because if we know in the Torah someone is punished for something, we say, the attribute of good is better, is better and more uh, powerful and potent than the attribute of divine attribute of punishment. How many times? 500 times. So each word that a person says positively about a difficult situation or a difficult person also brings him life. Not necessarily years of life, but it brings life to his life. It brings mazal to his life. It brings birachat to his life. So someone sat there, they berated you, they yelled at you, they cursed you out. Then someone comes and says, what that guy want? I bet you, uh, you know, he's always good. What do you say instead of saying, yeah, the guy's a, a loser. He complains about everything. You say, you know, this guy's had a rough day. You know, I think he needed to vent. He needed to vent. Is that not true? It's also true. It's just phrasing and categorizing it in a more compassionate and in a more open way, Rabotai. If someone sees, <clears throat> if someone sees, someone asks them how things going on at home, the way you speak about your wife, your children, I have this kid, he's a pain in my abo, I hear people say. You're, you're talking about your child. That's how you refer to your child, the pain in your backside? That's what he is? Not a pain in your backside. Someone once said, you know, uh, they were talking about their child and they said to me, Rabbi, he says, this, is, this one was a mistake. I said, Barmanan. I said to him, please forgive me. He says, go ahead, Rabbi. Everything you say, he says, I take, I take on board. I said, if he's a mistake, the only reason why he's a mistake is because you call him a mistake. You think the kid doesn't pick up on the fact that you feel that he's a worthless piece of garbage that you wish didn't exist? Why do you think he's rebelling against you? Why do you think he doesn't want to listen to a word you say? 
Rabotai, the positive, the nature of positivity is so powerful in the biracha and in the influence it, le- it lends us uh, uh, that, that oftentimes it can even uh, allow us to experience a greater, uh, a greater degree of life in the, uh, in the material, a greater mat- degree of life in our relationships, and perhaps sometimes even a greater, materi- a greater experience of life in, uh, in added years. Baruch Adonai Amen